the Gaming Guru Podcast. He's in the best gaming podcast in the world. Boo baby. rather extended hiatus um i always find that like film guys use the word hiatus as a fancy way for got lazy or people got yeah. fired or whatever um <laughs> i was i was vacationing uh in indonesia which was fun um and watching obviously all the news that's been breaking over e3 yeah. so we've got a lot to talk about this week of course um joined as always uh by my good friend tim and myself i'm gareth and we're going to talk about E3, basically. E3 games. Before we do that, I mean, you ha- I just want to say welcome back from Bali. Yeah, yeah, thanks, man. And uh, what I've been up to in the past couple of weeks is uh, checking out the new uh, Path of Exile. Yeah, yeah, I know you never play that game and never talk about it. Yeah, so. it's horrible. Hey, fuck. Hate it. Um, yeah, so the uh, new league, Legion League, dropped a couple of weeks ago. And the reason why it's notable is because they re- they essentially went back to the drawing board and redid Melee Combat um, completely. Uh, so it feels completely different. Uh, Melee and Path of Exile used to feel quite janky, like oh, yeah. a bit clunky, and it put a lot of people off, especially for the type of player who really likes to play those tanky Melee upfront yeah. characters. Um, it's really been like a spellcaster and like bow meta for the last like two years, and they really like push things now, and Melee feels amazing. They've got animation okay. cancelling in, a whole bunch you of new... ways. convince me to try it. Yeah, a whole way of <laughs> new, new way of scaling uh, melee abilities, a lot more damage. They redid the skill tree on that side as well. So everything flows a lot better, pathing on the skill tree is better, and I'm really enjoying it, playing a bunch of builds that I just haven't tried in many years, because used to feel shit, now it feels great. Oh, so. yeah. Thing, things that used to be shit that are now great are awesome. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, they just launched on PS4 as well. So, oh, yeah? Yeah, well, so if you haven't... Uh, yeah, free yeah. to play... If you haven't tried it out yet and you're more of a console jeweler, then yeah, give it a give it a shot. Cool. That's my That's your <laughs> update from the world of Pass of Exile. Um, but talking E3, I think uh, a great way of looking at it just in general. Let's let's sum up maybe our thoughts on E3 first of all, and then perhaps we look at like the winners and losers overall. Your thoughts, E3 in general? I don't know, man. I was waiting for like E3 to come and like punch me in the dick, and it just never happened. Yeah, you know, it was it was pretty meh. I was following, uh, I was following some of the, uh, um, some of the conferences for a while. You know, I'd have the stream on every now and then and just nothing of notes, um, really st- stood out to me. It felt like a very, like it flatlined. Do you think the, there were, there were, the missing, uh, PlayStation was the kind of death knell or? I feel so. Hey, I think like every year people are, I, I guess me at least personally, I'm so excited for what, uh, PlayStation's bringing with yeah. their exclusives and like I'm just, so ready for the next round of you know PS4 exclusives to see more from yeah. Last of Us, more from Death Stranding, possible uh, God of War yeah, um, new sequel, console, new console. Yeah. Like there's just so much in that space, and like it, it really did leave a big void um, not having them there this year. Yeah, and I think just having them there, and then Xbox is always the who won this year. Exactly, they always do those rating things like Xbox won this year, and then PlayStation wins the next year, and and it's it's always like that level of competition brings out the best in both of them. Yeah. But now because like PlayStation wasn't there, it's one of those Xbox can put out the best conference it's ever done in its life and you can't go, yo, they won or lost this year. Mm. And so it almost felt that by removing themselves from the situation, it almost went like, 
if they don't even think the competition is worth it, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's kind yeah. of how it felt. It felt like someone being like, imagine Usain Bolt went like, you know what? I know I'd win the Olympics, so I'm just not even going to go. Not even going to go, and, yeah. And normally people would go like, oh, he's just being a loser. But at his level, people are going, you know he's right. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know he doesn't have to pitch up. Like, yeah, true. He could stream his run at home while it's happening. And even with the delay of the stream, it could probably still win the race. Like, it's, Oh, exactly. Um, and like not having that competition there meant that there were fewer, you know, definitely fewer spikes in, um, what these peaks in interest like yeah. online from like, we're so used to these like information dumps, like the next trailer drops and yeah. everyone's like, whoa, you know, and then the next one, the next one before you, you know, began to digest this piece of information, the next one moves on. I feel like this E3, you know, everyone is just clapping for the bare minimum. Really. Yeah. I, you know, I always consumed the, the conferences like, uh, either watching live or I'd watch the entire conference by myself and get kind of hyped up on my own, not relying on the IGNs and Twitter and all that. But this year, obviously being away, um, even though I'm supposed to be on holiday, we're still like consuming because yeah. I'm super interested. And so on Twitter, I was just kind of scrolling through the announcement and it was just like, meh, yeah, that's kind of cool. Click on that. Like watch the video. Yeah, it's okay. There's nothing that got me super excited. Like, okay, I won't say nothing. Um, my highlights definitely were, uh, uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, yeah, definitely. And the new George R.R. R. Martin-esque uh, yes, from software announcement. Yes. Other than that, I mean, normally I'm going like, wow, my top 10 are the following. I can't even compile a top 10. It's like, yeah, I would yeah. be, I would be very generous to compile a top five because the next three would be like, absolute hand me down selections to try and like fill up a top five. You know, I had the, the stream on the background while I was kind of working in the, in the flat stuff and I, you know, every now and then I'll like look over and it's like, oh, Ubisoft's conference on, oh, it's nice violins. Yeah. <laughs> look over again. Oh, that's a nice exotic dancer. Yeah. <laughs> look over again. Like, oh, cool. Just dance. They got, they got a cool little, you You're know. Still just dancing. Yeah. Still just, just dancing, you know, got a step up three over there. <laughs> yeah. It was, it just felt like there was a lot that, uh, wasn't really gaming. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, that's me. Do you want to get down to the sort of yeah, so, winners and losers? So that I think let's, Try and kick off on a, on a positive point. We don't want to be super negative. There were obviously some winners, mm. even the competition was limited. Uh, and we mentioned Cyberpunk 2777. Mm. Um, Keanu Reeves. Just, just looks rad. Did not even need Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Like the game, <laughs> the game looks rad. I cannot wait. It's, it didn't even need the credentials that CD Projekt Red bring, which is like, uh, here are the people who made The Witcher. That should be enough. Like, Best we're game not, the last decade. We're not going to show you any gameplay. We're just telling you that we've got a new game. That's how I feel about From Software's announcement. Yeah. Like, we are From Software. We make, we only make good games. Oh, and also we brought George R.R. Martin, which, who occasionally makes, like, really good books. Yeah. Like, to write the story. <laughs> like, oh, okay, cool. I'll, I'll buy this. Like, one of the best, like, uh, fantasy like world, world builders, builders yeah, in, the, in the industry. And so the fact that they showed gameplay and it looks amazing. It looks fantastic. I'm, um, yeah, well stoked. So the Keanu announcement at the end was just like cherry on top, man. Yeah. So for those of people, so for those who know me, uh, online, my, uh, my IGN, my pseudonym is Keanu Reeves and has been for many, many years. Yeah. So, <laughs> Keanu is my, my spirit animal. Boy, yeah. <laughs> Keanu's my spirit animal. A lot of my um, uh, online gaming friends, they don't even know me as Tim. Yeah. They refer to me as Keanu. Um, so for me, like having Keanu Reeves be like one of the most loved human beings of 2019 yeah. is really like... Winning, yeah. <laughs> is really winning. So to see him come out and um, and get that kind of response from the crowd um, was just... I, I think for me, that was the highlight of E3. Yeah. 
Um, just this is so weird about Keanu. You heard about this kid who, in a React video, he basically said, like, there was a meme that involved Keanu Reeves. And he said, like, uh, it basically was that, um, that Keanu's a legend. And he goes, like, I don't really think that dude's a legend or whatever. Got so much hate. Like, death threats, kill wow. yourself. Wow. Sort of <laughs> wow. And you're going, you guys are massive fanboys of Keanu, a.k.a. probably the nicest guy on the planet, who in photos with women, you can see his hands not even touching them because, and he's just been asked to, he's not assuming that he can hug them. Yeah. Um, that's level of nice guy. And now you has his acolytes are basically telling a 10 year old to kill himself because he didn't <laughs> recognize Keanu as a legend. Come on. Like, yeah, that's pretty deep. And also, you know, videos of that guy, uh, getting up on the subway to let like old ladies sit down yeah. and just, just like general shit, like a, buying everyone in the VXFX team, like a Harley Davidson for their work on the matrix. Um, no, yeah. sharing your sandwiches with people on the bench. Yeah. Like, that's just, <laughs> Oh my gosh. I can't believe that sad Keanu was actually a meme for a while. Oh, like, yeah. like, why? <laughs> anyway, yeah. So he, um, I, I think Keanu Reeves is definitely one of the, the biggest winners of E3. Uh, being in, in one of the biggest, uh, most anticipated games of the next um, of the next generation. Mm. And we got a release date as well. So that's... Yeah. What, November. Is it November? Uh, was it November? No, yeah. I thought it was next year. It's, I thought it was March or something next year. Was it part of the whole... Maybe I'm getting so crowded with March. I think yeah, March yeah. is one of the big winners of I E3. Think, like, I think it's either November or December 2019. Okay. It's got a 2019 release date. So because, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, they showed the collector's edition, which, I mean, I did the math. is like one month of my kid's school fees. So... Uh, he might be one month dumber <laughs> if I buy that. But um, the, the the second winner, I, I feel, is then March for next year. Yeah. I think we've got um, the uh, the remake of Final Fantasy VII. Mm. Uh, what else was in March? Um, you were going to have Animal Crossing. Um, I believe yeah, Nintendo actually back. moved it to June now because uh, March Watch is Dogs like, 3. Watch as well. Dogs as well. That, was that a winner for you, Watch Dogs? You know, for, for, I would say it was the winner of Ubisoft's um, okay. overall yeah. overall conference because um, there Being wasn't really much else of note there that, that yeah. spoke to me. A lot of Tom Clancy stuff. I mean, they brought out uh, uh, John Bernthal, yeah. um, who's in the new Ghost, uh, Ghost Recon game, which people seem to be hyped about. Yeah. It, it seems to be like going back to the kind of like... Um, uh, to the special ops sort of like uh, root of the franchise yeah, whereas yeah. like Wildlands a bit of a departure yeah Wildlands almost felt like Division in the jungle sort yeah of thing, pretty yeah. much it, it really kind of like um, it broke away from what made like Ghost Recon it, it, from from its own identity so I think they're getting back to that um, and the, there was some other mobile sort of Tom Clancy Esque like four v four like hero oh, yeah, the hero game. Who's the one that announced that brawl game? That four v four fighting game. Wasn't it Ninja Theory? That was Ninja Theory, but uh, I can't remember who's. Yeah, so that was Ninja Theory. Yeah, but, whose conference um, was it? I can't remember. But Ubisoft are also bringing out something similar. Oh, yeah, a like, like, brawl yeah, like game. a mobile okay. brawler hero hero shooter type okay. thing, but with characters from the Tom Clancy universe. Oh yeah. So you got like. Um, uh, that Splinter Soul dude in there, you know, a couple of others. Uh, Sam Fisher. Around. Yeah, Sam. Yeah. There we go, Sam Fisher. And you know, with their abilities and stuff. But, but, but not a new Splinter Cell. Not a new Splinter Cell. So no, same, not, a, not announced. Hand. Okay. Not announced officially, which is weird because, I mean, if there was any time to do that, I guess it would be E3. And um, Watch Dogs look cool, plays yeah. in the NPC. Uh, it looks Interesting like. Interesting concept, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I've always felt that uh that watchdog sort of sits in this weird space between like um 
like Grand Theft Auto slash Assassin's Creed type mm. um, open world like tech vibe. And, yeah, and, yeah. and for the most part, I, I had a lot of fun with Watch Dogs too. And um, this one looks like a lot more of the same. I feel like they're starting to blend into each other for me. Yeah. And so adding that, um, adding that ability for, I guess it's permadeath. I thought was quite cool. Okay. And so uh, character the dies, is, your NPC character dies, dies it's gone. Yeah. Find a new NPC. Um, that's kind of built in, so you don't have that same kind of like. Uh, it could be a double-edged sword because, on the one hand, having a character that you grow with and build, like you create attachment to mm. that. Like it does stand the risk of like having certain characters feel disposable. We're like, yeah. okay, well, fuck it. Like he's dead. I'll just get another one. Well, there was was it Zombie U? Mm-hmm. It was that one game where you. It's like a first-person zombie game for the Wii U, and as you died, um, you that character became a zombie, and you could find them later. It's another character that you played. You'd find that your ex-player who's now a zombie, mm-hmm. and they would have all your stuff. So you'd kill him to basically regain your loot. So it's almost like the Dark Souls mechanic into yeah. getting your souls back, but um, in zombie form. Other so, winners for you? Other winners? Yeah. Xbox's conference was much better this year than it was last year. Yeah, they I mean, brought a lot really more to the table. Which I felt like they lost hard last year. Yeah, they they they, they did lose hard last year. I, th- I think lo- I think they sort of lost touch with what the what the Xbox was about and what mm. it was meant to yeah, to be in the next generation. Like a home entertainment console exactly. rather than a gaming console and the thing is for a lot of uh, for a lot of people that is what the xbox mm. is yeah you know um i know a lot of families have an xbox in their living room and it's not necessarily used as a gaming console it's the netflix machine yeah it's yeah. like parents like buy it for the kids and like they watch tv on it and they'll yeah. do like a whole bunch of stuff on it same as i like, guess you know i still have friends who have like a wii lying around that they just use for netflix and yeah shit. so so similar story but i think they pigeonhole themselves a bit and announced a lot of studios that they were that they were buying and investing in but then xbox really really lost the console war hard you know coming off the back of having quite a foot above um playstation 3 with the, with uh, the xbox, xbox 360. 360 yeah um so the biggest thing for them i think was how they're putting a lot of effort into the next generation of streaming mm. um that's seems to be where everything's going you know stadia you've got xbox now announcing all the streaming stuff you've got their potential partnership with sony i mean that, yeah. that made news a couple of weeks ago about how you know they're kind of putting down the gauntlets for a while to work together on streaming potentially to counteract what google's doing mm-hmm. um i saw the first couple of games that started showing you know the on the last frame which shows what consoles they're on right and you're seeing that stadia logo come up more and more yeah uh, sure. the new um who's it the guys who do um thq uh, i think it's the, them who do um the, the games Death was one of the characters well, I can't think of the name now recently they had one Darksiders Darksiders 3 they recently now they're doing a hack and slash Diablo style kind okay, of action cool. RPG I'm kind of keen for that but um, but it's available on Stadia according right. to the the, the end template uh, you know it shows like available PlayStation Steam blah 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 and Stadia so be interesting to see the first couple of games coming out um, for Stadia, uh, and we wait for the first exclusive. I think that's going to be the big uh, kind of. Do you think Stadia will, will will kind of put their their foot in that same space of um, kind of absorbing uh, you know platform exclusives, or do you think they're going to position themselves as an alternative sort of uh, to having a console? I think what's going to probably happen is they're going to be the alternative to the console for a long time. Meaning that, like, hey, you can play all these rad games on Stadia as well. And 
the big wins for them in order to get their market share, I guess. The big wins for them are going to get those big games on Stadia as well, oh. um, and it will probably come from studios that aren't linked directly to a particular platform. Mm. So the Ubisofts, the um, uh, Activisions, those likes who don't care if already if you're playing on PC yeah. or PlayStation yeah, or whatever, yeah. like they like just play a game. Um, and so if you play on Stadia, they're seeing it as potential more market share. People who can't afford a console can afford our games. Cool, brilliant. Um, I think the big coup is going to be when they get console exclusives to also provide Stadia. So imagine, sure. imagine a Santa Monica Studios also doing Stadia. Wow. You know, yeah. I think that's going to yeah. be a really, really big win if they ever get that. I doubt it. Mm. Um, otherwise it's going to be that they start getting their own studios and go available exclusively on Stadia. Sure. On Stadia. It might be a Stadia and PC type thing, you mm. know, as in, cause I think for a lot of people they go, yeah, but what if I want to play this game offline? You know, yeah. then it's like, okay, you can play it on PC and or Stadia, but like, I don't, I'm short of them having their own studios. I don't know how to do that. Yeah. So there, there really has been a feel that this next generation of consoles will probably be, probably the, be last. the last. Yeah. Maybe not the last for the likes of, uh, of Sony, but you, you might find that a console isn't necessarily, you know, the, um, it's not like every couple of years I replace my console with the next one. It's like, well, I have a PlayStation 5. I'm probably not going to buy a PlayStation 6 because now all these games are available on my... Oh, you, know, you mean that consoles will still continue to iterate? But continue like, to iterate, but as like a companion product, yeah. not necessarily um, like this uh, gateway to the games that you want to play. Yeah. Not necessarily the, the gatekeeper of certain titles. Yeah, or a ubiquitous kind of software platform where you go, it's also a PC that can yes. run PC games. It's just, you know, because you, people are going to want the, the console that can play everything. The Xbox, the, the PlayStation, the whatever. So, almost so like see, jailbroken kind of. Yeah, so, so we see like, um, Xbox putting a lot more stock into their, um, into the streaming service and yeah. announcing, um, the Xbox Game Pass. And yeah, uh, Xbox which Cloud, I think which looks a like a win. really good deal. For PC players, huge win. For console players, you almost want to go uh, another punch in the dick because you're going, uh, what is the point of having an Xbox? Yeah. Like, honestly, it feels like the perfect setup you can have is a PlayStation, a PC, and a Switch. Mm. Like, I don't see what space the Xbox holds anymore because all those games you can play on PC. And maybe they're realizing that. And instead of putting so much... Um, they announced a new console, right? It was uh, Scarlet. Xbox Scarlet. Yeah. But instead of putting so much uh, stock and development into um, manufacturing all these products, you know, kind of diverting their attention towards really building up the streaming uh, the streaming service mm-hmm. as um, as something attractive for new entrants to the market. Yeah, you have a case of, you know, out of these ten families, one can afford an Xbox, but nine of them are very happy to pay that like uh, fifteen dollars a month. Yeah, yeah. for you know, Xbox cut uh, it off when they go on holiday. Oh, or yeah, the exactly. Kids are at and they can stream all those games to yeah. their to their phone, to their PC as well. Yeah. So you're seeing Xbox uh, and Microsoft noticing that you know we already have the you know the PC audience, and we can just you know put more of our attention there, and um, and grow our market share. Yeah, fair enough. And it's a, a place that Sony can't play. Exactly. At the moment, they don't have a PC audience. Yeah. Exactly. Whereas Microsoft obviously does. So. Yeah, I mean, it's just interesting. It feels like that's the way things are moving. Having this tide of like um, games as a service, sort of like maybe dying off a little bit, but still a very strong thrust. This big thrust towards um, you know buying subscription models, you yeah. know, in terms of your games. So Netflix and now like Stadia and all that seems yeah. to be on subscription models. 
Um, and it just feels like where these trends are going to start going, because at the same time, you've also got potentially, well, I, 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 I suspect definitely the death of the disc uh, console soon. Yeah, definitely. But that eventually the death of the console entirely, you know, that like you're not going to need the processing power to happen in your living room. Yeah. Like it's going to happen on a server somewhere and that you're just going to need a screen, screen and good internet. Yeah, so I mean, the biggest thing about this uh, this kind of streaming service breakthrough is that like the technology is here already. Mm. You know, it's 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 Dis- here and it's it works. It's just the distribution. It's not yeah. everywhere. Yeah, it's it's here and it works, and it'll only get better in the next like two three years. So yeah, five G is around the corner. Like, mm. yeah. So uh, what else do we have in our, our winners list there? I know it's a much shorter list than our yeah than the list. So um, I'd say. Uh, this year, far fewer um, live service games, and that's were, a win for you. That's a win for me <laughs> because it felt it felt like it was getting stale, yeah. and we were hearing the same sort of uh, marketing rhetoric uh, coming through. Like, um, launch is just the beginning. Yeah, you know, we'll be you know creating yeah. a, a roadmap content for roadmap. content oh. for years to come. Like, yeah. oh, for fuck's sake, man! Just ship a finished game, please. Yeah, people, like, now, I feel like the audience has become so saturated. We've had so many of these um, bait-and-switches, so many uh, so many of these hyped-up, supermarketed products mm. come and just hit the ground and not pick up any steam. Like, you know, people who bought uh, Anthem on launch, they're sitting there, you know, with their hands on their hips saying, so where's the roadmap, boy? Mm. You know, like... And so it begs the question, because, like, Surely the people who are employed at these co- companies and who do all the game de- design and the roadmaps and all that are gamers themselves. Mm. And so when they're doing this, they're going, you know, surely they must believe this is a good idea. You know, the, the whole roadmap and the whole like delayed launches and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Like they must believe it's a good idea. Others will go, this is dumb. Why are we doing it? And so all I can speculate is going, what we complain about versus what our wallets do are two very yeah, different two things. Very different things. Because we're going, hey, we want a game on launch and we'll pay the full price and we don't want free and then, um, you know, we pay for all the extra bits in that later. But I'm speculating that the, our wallets are speaking differently. Yeah. You know, they're looking at the numbers and they're going, cool, you got, say you want a finished game, but these are the sales of that game. Whereas if we do a free game with a roadmap of content that you pay for later, look at the sales here. So mm-hmm. that's look, the only I thing think- I can try and work out like why you know they would continue to do this if everyone in the market's going fuck you we don't want this well the the reason that uh, a lot of publishers are jumping on this personally i don't think that um games as a service uh live service business model came from the developers that Mm. comes from from marketing that comes from um that comes from upper yeah, management saying like we want things, we yeah. want a game that's going to pay out for you you know for yeah, years yeah. over time. Develop once, but keeps paying the bills. Instead of years, instead yeah. of you know spending on creating like Watch Dogs one, two, and three, you can have Watch Dogs online. Yeah, and you know, or, yeah, you yeah. you only spend that. Uh, yeah, initial look at GTA. Style. I mean, GTA five came out feels like almost a decade ago, yeah. and it's all GTA online. It's exactly. The thing. So it really was like a bit of a gold rush in the last uh, three four years for like who could have the next big live service game that's going to make them, you know, that cash cow that'll mm. keep them rolling. You know, we've had like a handful of success stories, quite honestly. Yeah, yeah. With, uh, compared with, to how many? Uh, yeah, compared to how failed. many have been coming out in the last uh, couple of years and just, just nose diving. Mm. Um, so with that, I think that the market's overcrowded, it's saturated, and too many of them have failed to, uh, to capture the, um, to capture an audience in any kind of meaningful way. Mm. So when we hear those words, you know, um, like 
you know, launch is just the beginning. Like we do a collective eye roll, yeah, and eye roll, and yeah. my and my reaction goes from I want to buy this game to I'll wait and see what happens. Mm. I'll wait three four months after yeah, launch. Yeah. I'll wait a year after launch when the when it becomes half price. Yeah, like and then and maybe the roadmap actually started. It's and not the, like exactly. waiting for it to happen. Yeah, you know that's not how people really play games, and so I think a lot of um, especially with all the uh, the new legislation coming out now against these microtransactions mm. and loot box mm. mechanics. Which really were the backbone for these um, these live service game models. Yeah, because you'll keep spending. Because you'll keep uh, recurrent user spending mm. um, has sort of been put in the in the spotlight now. It's become a bit of a dirty word mm. and uh, has bad connotations with it. So it's difficult for these companies to put their stock into these types of games anymore. So we saw a lot fewer um, live service games uh, announced, which kind of brings me to we the saw next. A lot fewer games. Yeah. <laughs> Which, which sort of brings me to, um, I guess, the first of my losers list, which would be uh, Square Enix Avengers, which is a weird one for me because that was an announcement that I was really hyped for. Yeah, yeah. Like going into E3, I'm like hyped, you know, just played that uh, new Spider-Man game, fucking awesome, yeah. keen for a lot more Marvel titles coming 100%. to the PS4. Yeah, and then they showed it, and besides it looking kind of like, just it just looked cheap. It looked dull. Yeah, it looked cheap, it looked dull, uh, the character animations looked janky the fight looked just looked ob and then on top of that when they started announcing the fact like you said roadmap of content into like oh god it felt like so what you're not going to ship a full game you're basically going to ship almost an online service where you play as one of the five heroes and it's like oh god this and they uh, they started off by saying that the game would not have loot boxes and everyone's like yay you know and it's and after getting you know reeking in all those cheap applause for mm. like the bare fucking minimum that we you know expect from a game yeah getting applause for saying something's not yeah. in there that's yeah. like <laughs> you know um and then to uh pivot back to that sort of um that marketing rhetoric for live service games that just really like made my heart sink i'm like you know what i was i was first of all i was really stoked i yeah. was like okay um square enix avengers same um same uh studio that did um um, Tomb Raider stuff yeah, yeah. it's going to look cool it's going to be rad um, my excitement for the game really dropped and now I'm it's a wait and see yeah. approach with me I want to see how it pans out because I'm not really getting into another live service game I play a live service game I play fucking Path of Exile all the time <laughs> yeah. like and that is the only game I have the time for to in, in that capacity yeah. you know yeah the, the, the thing with those kind of um, games as a service is that it's hard to get involved in multiple ones. No. Like I had my patcher playing Fortnite and my patcher playing Apex and now back to my service game, which is Dota. But it's like, you can't really invest in a whole bunch of them because, yeah. you know, to to stay at the level where you're understanding the meta and all that sort of stuff, you've got to invest time. Yeah. Um, yeah, but th- that, I suppose, is a, a subject for an entire podcast, Games yeah. as a Service. And I mean, the other thing about it was it, it got... Quite a criticism. Uh, sorry, it received a lot of criticism just by uh, for its art style, its look. Yeah, you're talking about uh, Avengers again. Avengers, yeah. yeah. It, it kind of like rips its art style and its look and its color palette from like uh, like the last phase of Marvel movies, like Thor: The Dark World. It was a very like kind of uh, like muted colors, yeah. grayscale. It kind of came out in an era where like every superhero film thought that it had to be like dark and gritty yeah and dark art slash yeah, matrix sort of yeah like, like kind of really uh, like muted colors you're seeing a lot they're, they're kind of pivoted now to much brighter color yeah. palettes with the uh, in game but like, it's weird for me that they do that because I understand the super realism and gritty color tone when your subject matter is super realistic 
and also when in like when the character animation is really good yeah. you know and i don't know they must know that their character animation is not like top notch because mm. it feels like you know when you feel like a game is going to be a massive online world because they're reducing the the quality of the graphics because they know mm-hmm. that it needs to have multiple iterations of stuff going on all the time you know whereas you look at single player games they've always been the peak of graphical kind of like performance because they're going all we have to render is what's happening in the game there's no server shit going on and players interacting with other players and all this stuff whereas you go look at the most massive games like the mm-hmm. world of warcraft and all that the graphics aren't great why because there's a big fuck ton of shit going on yeah whereas like games like a god of war or red dead redemption 2 the single player element the graphics are amazing because they only have to worry about that world that yeah. you're in like for, for, for me i think that the avengers um franchise is saturated we got like one of the biggest movies yeah, in history yeah, yeah. with avengers endgame and like this game sort of they've kind of um like copied a lot of the uh the costumes as well but mm. they replaced the actors faces mm. you know and voices so it, it feels like a cheap knockoff yeah. of it felt like, like a product a that already exists it that's felt like watching a parody yeah because you're going instead of even getting a character actor to look like i mean classic was tony stark has long hair and like almost a full beard you're going like i know that we've come to love the robert downey jr version of yeah. tony stark but you're going it, if you're using the same license, then why don't try and make him look the same? And now it looks like B actors playing the, the role. Exactly. But what what I what really stuck out to me was like you know um, a franchise like Avengers. There's so much potential for look the Avengers comics and these characters and heroes have moved on into very mm. different places now, um, where we're sort of revisiting like a 2011. 2012 Avengers in this game. Yeah, it seems like. Where it. in the comics, like, they've completely revolutionized who these heroes are and how they, how they work. Like, mm. uh, like Falcon is now, is now Captain America. So we have a black Captain America. Yeah. We've got a female, um, God of Thunder, mm. female Thor. Yeah. We've got, uh, Chinese, um, sorry, an Asian, um, uh, Hulk. Yeah. We've, we've got more, you know, diverse cast um yeah. tony stark in the comics i think has also uh, died and the mantles moved on now to okay. this young black uh girls like a genius okay um so like they're sort of really trying to uh, bring more representation to the to the cast in mm. the comics at least and, and i feel like they're starting to do that in the cinematic universe too and, and the game just goes way back to mm. like 2011 it's like guys we 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 had you know earth's mightiest white mm. people for like a good, <laughs> a good 10 years man yeah. like we can do something else with the franchise. Yeah, even the so green guys much, exactly. There's like, so much room to play in this. Yeah. And like, I, I think that's where Square Enix like missed the mark for me because it feels like, like a cheap rehash of something I saw fucking years ago. Yeah. And, Unless um, that's part of the, what they're trying to do. It's like, it's a nostalgia thing. You're going, all the stuff that you've watched and read, yeah. you now get to play. And so okay. for a lot of people, they want like, I want it exactly like the movies. I want it. Exa- but then I'm, as I'm saying that, I'm shooting my own point in the foot because I'm going, yeah, then make them look like they looked in the movies. Because mm. then it does fully play on the nostalgia of going, hey, imagine if you were part of Endgame and you were one of the characters, but now my characters don't even look the same. You've got like, like I said, Tony looking completely different, Thor looking completely different. Like, so another... I the closest to Hulk, but that's not hard. He has purple shorts and, no. a, and, and a Volker. <laughs> like... Big green dude with purple shorts. Yeah, so I guess another, another winner for me would be um, uh, Bungie. 
Oh, going free, uh, you know, free going free to play with Destiny leaving 2, Activision and then, yeah. leaving Activision. It's it's really this like uh, Cinderella story in a way. One 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 feels like they probably wanted Destiny 2 to be free to play from the beginning, mm. and it was Activision really just kind of forcing their business model down a particular route. And they they have they can now kind of execute the vision that they've always wanted for the game. We know mm. that when Bungie has that. Uh, that space to do what they want with their game they've got the technical know-how and they have the talent behind them to really like push it in that yeah in that space and now i mean i didn't play destiny 2 like i avoided it yeah. like the plague i did um, but it was the typical shoot and loot kind of grindy but i had a lot of uh, friends who enjoyed it and had a lot of fun and now that it's gone free to play i'm like definitely willing to jump back into mm. it now that bungie has that creative license back in their own camp I'm like uh, quite keen to see where that goes. Cool. And then um, what else we got on this list here? Streaming. Oh, the Game Pass we mentioned. Yeah, well, we can talk Bethesda. They 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 kind of straddle both like yeah. winners and losers for me. When you're a winner and a loser. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for the most part, we we can generally say that Bethesda is a bit of a loser at this point. Um, yeah. Just in terms of how much sort of damage they've done to their own brand in the last year if you use the analogy of you're only as good as your last game mm-hmm. then they're certainly on on a, like a losing wicket at the moment but um saw doom and it looked what i want from doom it looked like cool this is yeah. a doom game that i will play the only reason why I, why I have them in like uh my winners column here is just because of the um their partner studios that they're publishing yeah. for like there's a new game coming from arcane a uh, death loop which looks i mean Another like uh, overproduced CGI trailer, but to be fucking honest, like anything Arcane like puts out, I'll play it. Yeah, it's Arcane. Never made a bad game in a long time. No, right? never. So you know that we got uh, id Software coming with um, with Doom Eternal, which just looks like more doomed, yeah. more fucking awesome. Um, then Bethesda goes back into the losers category for me with uh, sort of just talking about their own titles, like. Yeah. You know, well, in the um, absence of any Elder Scrolls, yeah, no, no Elder Scrolls, nothing about. And, and last year, let's be honest, they barely gave anything. Last year, they showed basically a helicopter flyover, or you know, use the era a, a dragon flyover yeah. of landscape, and then Elder Scrolls Six. That's it. Yeah, they're... for a year later, for you to show nothing is ridiculous. I'm sorry, like it's, it makes me wonder, like, what are they spending their time on? Because it can't be Fallout seventy six, like seventy six point one. Yeah, can't be. You know, um, that well, what is that part of the studio actually working on? More, more online content for Elder more, Scrolls. Yeah, so Elder Scrolls Blades. Uh, they spoke about. Um, spoke, I mean, I don't really care very much about Elder Scrolls Blades, uh, but uh, apparently dragons are going to be in that. Dragons will yeah. be in Elder Scrolls Online. So we got cheers for like the bare fucking minimum, like dragons in Elder Scrolls Online and NPCs in Fallout seventy six. So it took a year. Oh, don't forget they've now got a battle royale in. Oh yeah, jeez. Oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> that was so cringe. <laughs> when they yeah, announced so. that there was a cheer, but it felt like they didn't read the room because for me it felt like a <laughs> massive sarcastic cheer. And I was just like, you, you know that they, they're joking with you when they're cheering. Uh, yeah. We put a battle royale into Fallout 76. Like, what? Yeah, NPCs in uh, Fallout 76 and the crowd goes wild. You yeah. know, like... like you mean Fallout, should have been there from the beginning? Okay, yeah, yeah. Fallout content in a Fallout game. Yeah. I mean... Who would have known? So it was it was pretty fucking weird. Um, also, Todd Howard just kind of acting like um, like self-referential, like kind of making jokes about um, about how much Bethesda's like been completely out of touch in the last year. 
uh, it felt kind of weird. It's like, yeah, we noticed we were there. Like, yeah, we <laughs> we were all there, yeah. man. <laughs> so it, it was weird. I don't know if he kind of he he just gave that big interview a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you were away when um, when it happened. He gave an interview to to IGN. It was like a full like like forty five minute interview. Oh, yeah. He chatted a lot about kind of um, Fallout seventy six and the reception and the decision making mm-hmm. behind that. And I think Todd Howard. Like, uh, yeah, he admitted straight up. He said, um, yeah, we knew this wasn't going to be like one of those high Metacritic games. Like, basically said we knew it was going to be shit. Yeah. We sold it to you anyway. <laughs> so, uh, they're, they're kind of like... There's always um, hope. Yeah, they're really never changes. But... Burn away a lot of their social um, um, social relevancy. Currency, yeah, social yeah. currency, and uh, for me at least. So, there's the partner studios, Hyped. Uh, their own stuff really kind of just uh, pissed me off a bit more. Bethesda did have the best, you know, would you call it a heckler? Just like that cheer guy who just yeah. cheered between every word. Like he was just, welcome to, woo! Bethesda, yeah. woo! <laughs> yeah, no, it was, an, it was an absolute meme. Yeah. So the thing that made that Keanu Reeves moment so cool was that it was a genuine, it was a genuinely sweet moment and uh, where, you know, you're... Um, uh, you're wonderful, whatever he oh, yeah, yeah. said that, and um, that that person got awarded with a copy of Cyberpunk 27. So what I'm talking, about. yeah, Cyberpunk 27. Yeah. So the problem with rewarding, what did you say exactly? You, uh, you're breathtaking. You're breathtaking. You're breathtaking. <laughs> no, you're breathtaking. Oh, it was great. So I mean, that get, that made some headlines. That guy got awarded a copy of the game, and the problem with rewarding hecklers is that. It creates a culture of like it's more people thinking they'll get rewarded for shouting at the stage. It's the classic thing of you know you got prizes to give away for audience interactivity, and it's yeah. like we're gonna give a prize away to the best question, and then someone did ask something inane, but you're like, cool, you get this amazing prize for being inane, and then yeah. the questions get worse because it's like yeah, they get more. If like you're giving me top. things for random questions, then I can be random. Like, oh, that's terrible. So that kind of led to a culture in this E3 of people just like yelling at the stage mm. and interrupting and it made everything feel very awkward and weird. <laughs> and um, yeah, no one else got a, got given anything. a free game of anything yeah. from there. So I guess onto like some losers. We, we chatted about some. Yeah, between, some of them, yeah. But I guess the biggest loser of all would have to be E3 for me mm. at the end of the day. Like just... PlayStation pulling out um, was the first of like uh, I, th- I think a lot more publishers that will be following, basically saying we don't need this big trade show Didn't to get our information EA out there. As well? EA, yeah, yeah, yeah. As well. They pull out because they announced that Jedi game before E3 started. Yes, yeah. Oh, we didn't even speak about yeah. that. Anyway, um, yeah, Jedi was a fallen order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, this is cool, but like, didn't blow me away or anything. Not that EA conferences tend to anyway. Yeah, so, so E3 really felt a bit empty this year, and uh, more and more publishers are realizing that they don't need to go to this big uh, yeah. trade show in order to get their information. Which must cost millions, let's be honest. Like, just to be there, let alone what you do, just to have this, their stage access. No, exactly. Um, no, it's a big one. So, I, I think E3 took took a definite uh, big knock, and mm. I think there are more knocks to come. Um I think that going into the next uh, few years, we might see bigger publishers like Ubisoft moving into doing their own thing as well. Oh, yeah. Particularly with their partnerships through um, Microsoft, Google Stadia. Yeah. Like they're, they're sort of branching out in that direction. Um, become, they want to, I, I think, position themselves as like one of the biggest partners for uh, game streaming because they're just mm-hmm. very happy to have their, 
so stuff on every, streamed, yeah. on every platform yeah. um, and, and really be pushing in that direction. But um, it feels like if this trend continues for one or two more years, that E3 as we know it now will not exist. Yeah, look, I don't think it won't exist. What I think it might do is create more space for the smaller publishers. Yes, that's what I mean. Like the way we know it now, as in yeah, like the, way we know the big AAA announcement stage, it's, yeah. that's not going to be there anymore. But I do think it can become like a space for more of the indie titles yeah. to find an audience uh, and to showcase their products. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of great indie games that were showed off at E3. Look, there's too much invested in E3 as an entity for yeah. them to let it just slip. They will pivot to go... Cool. Well, then we need to move the market into independence. We need to move the market into other tech, you know, gaming mm. services, whatever. So it's not just about, you know, game software which is, themselves. But which like, is interesting because that's kind of like where it was before it opened up. Yeah. To, yeah it was more it grew like, from so, it, yeah. Yeah, it grew out of that, uh, like, technology trade show into really being, like, the place for the new yeah. games. So right? All the new games were announced and then Gamescom in Germany was kind of like where you got to play them really for the first mm. time. Because August... You know, with a lot of them shipping for October, November, December, you had playable code available for the first time for a lot of them. But yeah, E3 was usually the first time you ever got to see certain games, yeah. And then, um, sure, from there, I don't know, any kind of uh, final thoughts on like sort of uh, games that stood out to you that you're keen on playing um, coming out later? I mean, not really much still for yeah. 2019. So, so if I had to go like... Aboard the hype train, it's a it's a much shorter train than it normally is after E3. Yeah. It's got usually several co- uh, carriages that's tra- and, uh, that it's um, uh, traveling along on the the the, the hype train. This time, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, and not super hype, more, not super additional hype because no. I was already hype. I was already hype, and it was just like cool. It's looking good, and Keanu's involved. Rad, but it was one yeah. of those like tick box. The way I would have felt Elder Scrolls if they did anything would be like cool. You announced it last year. You're going to show us something. Oh, you didn't. Massive fail. Yeah. So that I'm stoked for. I'll, I'm keen for the remake of Final uh, Fantasy. Final Fantasy. And, and it, um, I never finished 7. I played it. Mm. Never finished it. So excited to basically play it under new graphics and, and see what that's all about now. Um, and then I would say... What else was I hyped for? Oh, the new Elden Ring. So yeah. the new uh, yes, From yes, Software yes, game. Doom, I'm excited for, and oh, that new Ninja Theory game, that Brawl game looked kind of fun. Yeah, before, before Brawl game looked kind of fun. Other than that, it's like, cool, see you all next year. Uh, or wait, let's wait for PlayStation to show what they're, yeah. they're all about. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm putting a lot of my stock into PlayStation's conference, um, because that's really like where a lot of the announcements that I look forward to mm. are going to come from. Uh, from this E3, I guess, you know, like Watch Dogs Three looks interesting, mm. but it's like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was not pretty, about to pre-order. Exactly, I, I was pretty hyped for um, t- for the Avengers game, and mostly because I had a lot of fun at Spider Man, mm. and I'm like, what's next? Yeah, give me more. So yeah, give me more, and that's how I was feeling. And now I'm like, oh, okay, cool, wait and see. Um, yeah, rather buy the Spider Man DLC. Keen to see um, what Arcane has in store with uh, with Death Loop. Um, I just really like their games mechanically, like mm. how they uh, develop yeah, their, their, their gameplay loops and their systems great. and their art style. And they put a lot of effort in. It's always really super polished, mm. uh, very few bugs. Very keen for that. Um, Doom is Doom. <laughs> Doom um, is Doom. And yeah, Cyberpunk 2077, uh, same vibe. Like I was hyped going, f- you know, going in before. Now I'm like, 
the same, if not a little bit more level of hype. Yeah. And like Keanu Reeves. And Keanu. So I'm like, yeah. fucking A, let's yeah. do it. Like I'm going. Awesome. So, yeah. Cool. So that's been our winners and losers of E3. Overall, I give the conference a, a six and a half. Yeah, uh, it was a bit of a six and a half. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't a bad conference. It's just kind bad. of which is obviously the technical term for it could do better um, obviously looking forward to PlayStation's announcements and uh, obviously a new podcast next week we will chat about all the news and that now that we've caught up on E3 good to be back hope you guys have enjoyed the show uh, please do uh, share and subscribe um, and we'll look forward to sharing some more news with you next week cheerio Adios. Excellent. Goodbye. In the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the Gaming Guru Podcast. Easy the best gaming podcast in the world.